Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Hey, everybody. So 2022, and we're in January, and the theme of the entire year is reemergence. But I realized that January needs to be reemergence as well, that theme, because emerging means to, well, let me just read it to you, to come forth into view or notice as from concealment or obscurity. It also means to rise or to come into existence. And I think for many of us, myself included, we're coming out, right? We're coming back into existence. We are re-emerging. We are coming into the world again. And it's a whole new Megillah. And we all get to explore together how we want to be in this brand new world. How do we want to move from obscurity or concealment or hiding and be more of that light that we are? Last year was about light leaders. How do we want to be the light? How do we want to lead our lives with light, with love, with joy? Because 2022 is all about connections and love. So I'm asking you right now, how do you choose to reemerge into your life? And while you contemplate that, here's our show for today. Hey, everyone. Uh, So I am so excited and happy to have this conversation with this woman because we're just going to be talking about how to be love. So I want to welcome Diane Hayworth to join me today. Oh, Susan, thank you so much for having me on. I I am really excited to connect with you, connect with your audience. And I know we're just going to have fun. Yeah. You know, it's so fascinating to me, me, as we were kind of sharing before we started recording, the last couple of years have been such um, a time of fear and anger and contention and isolation and Many people, I think, have forgotten how to connect with source within them, with the love within them, and to simply be that. And you've got kind of an interesting story of how you've come to what it is you're teaching and modeling out in the world, which are be love principles. Mm-hmm. So share briefly what how that occurred, and then let's talk about the principles, because I think everybody needs to know this. Everybody who's listening, you need to pay attention. You might want to get a pen. That's what I was going to say. Get your pen and paper. Um, Well, actually, when I was looking through your material, Susan, I see that you love journaling. And a practice that I've had for years is to journal in the morning. And then I always finish my entry with the same question. Love, what would you most have me know today? And in in that context, love to me is God's source. It is the intelligent, creative, expansive energy that 
creates galaxies, that makes the tides come in and out, that beats your heart and mine. It's the big enchilada. That's what I connect to. And then I take down whatever I'm directed for that day. And it can be something about my business. It can be go call your kid. It could be anything. So that's what I had done for years. And in May 2018, I happened to be in a a large group environment with my mentor, Dr. Robert Holden, who taught me that question, actually. Mm -hmm. And we had to do an exercise. And one of the things that we did was find a partner, sit, and then go inside, which is what I love to do as a heart-centered success coach. I want people to, to take that journey within, connect to the love that you are. And I ask the question, love, what do you most want me to know today? And this day, I had what I call a divine download. Mm-hmm. It was visual. I heard things. I saw things. It was like I was observing a scene. It was it. it it, it, it's hard to put words to it. It was hard to, it appeared, lit, it was like in linear time, but it happened all at once. Right. And when I said, love, what do you most want me to know today? I heard be love. And then I had this visualization that gave me each of the four principles in a way that was um, very intimate. It in Included my grandson, images my grandson, which anybody who's ever met me for 30 seconds knows that's the way to my heart. Bring that kid in there. And it just was um, it was just literally life changing. But I do want to say this. Since that event, I've met other people who've had these kinds of um, these gifts. Mm -hmm. And I was confused at first. Matter of fact, I lost my voice for over a week. Couldn't physically speak at lost all. Your voice. I physically lost my voice, which was not only, you know, uncomfortable and, and all of that, but I had to, I had to speak. I had to speak and give a sermon and a class 10 days after this. So it was such a beautiful gift in retrospect to not be able to talk about it, to just process it in that sacred space of my own heart, which is where all the intelligence is. Right. Right. So that's, how I got on this mission to be the ambassador for the Be Love Principles. It has been guided the entire time. Um, I just I just check in and do what I'm told. Just you know, check it's in a, and do what I'm told. Right, and it, and and so like I said a bit earlier, I, that it has appeared like so many people have forgotten how to be love. And I think what we're observing, Diane, and I want to hear what what you think. I think what we're observing, and I talk about this often, is the divine masculine that has had us in a clutch for so many centuries has disintegrated enough so that the divine feminine can come in and remind people about the truth of our being and because the because we're not a, a, a we are human beings living a spiritual path when you incarnate on earth you're here to learn and grow but what is also occurring is we often human beings get lost in the mental right they go right to the head oh let me figure that out wait let me think about that let me analyze that and what happens is that binary brain then just sticks us in a loop because we're not really going anywhere, right? We're just stuck in our monkey mind. And the thing is about dropping in. 
like you said, dropping in and rising up, dropping into the heart, but rising up as the observer. Um, and a lot of people either don't know how to do that or they get fearful. Um, you know, I'm curious, I've, I've had uh, where I'm speaking or getting ready to, and something grabs my throat, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I've now learned that I've got to pay attention. Is this me wanting to uh, muzzle myself? You know, is this me being afraid yeah. to say what I'm being called to say or channel? Or is this something else, someone else that doesn't want to hear what it is I'm about to say? Do you have that experience? I would say that, um, I love what you mentioned, by the way, and I appreciate that very much. I, in this particular case, I really do believe that I received this jolt to my physical body. It took me a while to realign and to absorb all that energy. It manifested in my throat. I now think it is so I couldn't call up 20 girlfriends and go, what do you think? This is what happened. Ooh, you know, I like that. I had to I had to trust what was coming, what was coming through my heart. And I think that has been the real um, opportunity that we have. Now, remember, this happened in 2018. We didn't know anything about what was going to happen. Right. Right. We didn't know to the extent. So I had, in perfect timing, I had a year and a half to kind of sit with it, to practice it myself, to practice it with clients, to start to do classes with it, to do interviews with it, to do shows with it. So it was absolutely perfect. So when the pandemic came, I had a template that I could not only use for myself, but I could teach. And the biggest benefit, I think, of this is it gives you a process to tap into that wisdom of your own heart. And one thing we've learned in the last couple of years is nothing out here is going to save us. No, this no. is not it. This is, this is not it. The more of us, I believe that tune into our hearts and we are human. I agree with what you said. We're human. And, and some days it's easier than others, quite frankly. And, but if we keep going back to our hearts and we keep connecting heart to heart like you and I just did. That's what changes not only our lives, but the lives of our families, our communities. And I really do believe the world. This is how we save the world through meditating, through being guided, not by our ego, but by our, our true self, which, which I believe is the intelligence of the heart. Yes. And I, I am right there with you, Diane. I am so right there because uh, in my experience, Watching what's been happening over the last couple of years and everybody wants to find the answer because things look so dire or feel so dire um, that if they have the magic answer or the answer that so-and-so says, doesn't matter where you are on what spectrum channel side of the aisle, yeah. doesn't matter. Looking outside of yourself for the answer never provides answers, right? Well, it hasn't for the last, what, 10,000 years. No. So, you know, um, when I think my parents' generation, right, they were born in the Depression. And I remember as a little girl, my dad saying, yeah, I fought the war that was going to end all wars. That didn't work out the way they thought. I, I personally also believe that 
as we not only do we evolve as individuals, but we're evolving, right, as a people. And whatever went before us and whatever's ahead of us, that's part of the path that we are all here to walk together. So do you want to walk it in love where you can talk to each other? Or do you want to just keep doing what we've been doing and not getting a great result? And that's why. Yeah, I agree. And I, in watching and witnessing what we've been doing doesn't work. And, no. and, and it's fascinating to me, Diane, how people still try the old way thinking it's still going to work. There's so many, there's so many adages where you can, you know, it's the frog in the boiling pot of water yeah. doesn't know he's boiling to death. Just get out of the pot, everybody. Really? I think, I think one of the things that's happened in the last couple of years, right, in this era of the pandemic that, I mean, we, we have pandemics all the time in the world, all the time. It's been a hundred years since we've had one that we all shared at the same time. One of the, not to discount the suffering and the grief that's, that's happened, of course, I know that we've had issues in our family. I'm sure we all know someone who's passed. We know lots of people who've been sick. But one of those opportunities has been to recognize that we are not going to go back to normal. There is no normal. And really, there never has been a normal. We wake up every day a different person. We have, I think now we just have a global awareness of the opportunities and the choices that we have. That's what I think has changed significantly. Well, and that's why I'm excited to, about this work. I, I love that you say opportunities because I think a lot of people see it as challenges and obstacles and that must be fought through, right? Fought through. And what if we could just face those obstacles or challenges or opportunities, but come from being, I, this was in my meditation this morning. I can't even believe we're talking about this. Just I come can. From, right, right. Just come from a place of being love and facing that thing that scares you. I mean, this is my inner work all the time, facing yeah. the thing that scares me and then seeing, asking, what is it I need to know? Love, what do I need to know? And then loving myself through that or into it so that it becomes uh, calibrated, right? I calibrate with it doesn't mean you have to accept everything that scares the living daylights out of you, but at least to face it, right? And most oftentimes when we face it, we see that it's not, it's not the big bad boogeyman. It's just a little thought that you can get rid of. Well, that is exactly what this process does. And one of the things that I think is, is this miraculous about it, which is why I absolutely know I didn't think it up, is how effective it is. And I know we're going to talk about them in a minute, but I do want to mention sometime during our talk, if, if it comes up, I actually was guided to do a case study and I actually have data on this. So one of the things that I want to make sure that we mention, I love that you say go inside, right? And it can be scary. I think it can be scary because people think, well, they're going to go inside today and they're going to be levitating in 15 minutes. It's not been my, that's not been my experience, right? It's a gradual process. If I had, there's just no way I could speak as clearly, succinctly, and teach about the principles 
today if I hadn't had a couple years to work with them and understand them and allow my humanness to work through the opportunities that I was being presented. Because just like everybody else, there's plenty of times that I hear guidance and go, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, want to. Do that. I don't want to do that. And it never works out for me if I don't. If, if you say we don't, right? Well, so if you've been called, you've been called, and that's just the way it is. And they'll keep calling, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hello. You get, welcome, yeah, you welcome. keep getting. Yeah, you keep getting called. Yeah. So let's talk about the principles. Okay. How, there's four of them. How many? There's four of them. Uh huh. And, and they can be used individually or as a process. And I'll tell you the principles and then I'll explain that case study if that, if that yes. would be interesting to you. Okay. So again, I got these in a specific order. First one is greet everyone with an open heart without an agenda. Okay. That right there we could chew on for uh, at least a half an hour. I can teach a whole day on just that, by the way. Yeah. Right. Greet everyone with an open heart and without an agenda. Without an agenda. The second one was see or is see the divine essence in everyone. Of course. The third one, and don't shoot the messenger on this one. I'm just telling you what I got. Forgive quickly, completely, and unconditionally. Yeah, I can feel that one. It's like it's working my last nerve, Diane, but I'm, yep. working. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yes, you are. I can feel it. And then the last one is remember, you never left the light of the all. Uh-huh. I got chills. Yep. So, so yeah, go ahead. So, so let's just talk about the first one first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about whichever, but so what I notice in, in, in our masked up society, at least in mm-hmm. California, we're still all wearing masks, yep. um, is that it's very hard to see everyone with an open heart because first, some people have those really disgusting masks on that look scary. I'm like, why, why, are, why are you advertising fear? Aren't you scared enough? But then they have on their dark glasses and their hat. And I'm like, who are you? You know, I mean, in the olden days, which was oh, 2019, those kind of people were the were the bad guys, you know, or were the were the robbers on television or whatever. So accessing and seeing everyone with an open heart really does mean you got to start with yourself, right? Well, absolutely. When I first got these and I just kind of said, well, what am I supposed to do with these? I was led to practice one principle a week. Like that was my, that was my job. And then I kept recycling. So in, when I first got them, we weren't wearing masks. However, you and I know, and everybody that listens to this knows in some respect, we all wear masks. So I would always go in and say, show me how to greet everyone with an open heart, without an agenda. And it was that little agenda thing that would get me. So I would practice the mailman and the people in the stores and even the people in traffic that maybe cut me off. And how can I greet them? Um, Also, it wasn't necessarily just people that I interacted with. It would be 
on Zoom calls. It would be on telephone calls. It would be on people that I'm watching on television. I'm, I'm just a viewer. How can I greet that person in whatever role they're in with an open heart, without an agenda, without preconceived notions? And then what spirit led me to do, and I, it took a couple months for this part to come through, was to greet myself with an open heart, without an agenda, mirror work, mirror work. I started, I brought out my mala beads uh, about a month (laughs) ago and started doing the Ho'oponopono. Oh yeah. So I say my name. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I forgive you, Susan, Susan. I love you. And it's subtly shifting everything, everything. Well, it is because you can't give what you don't have. So if it's true the way I believe that my external world is a reflection of my internal world, if I am seeing people that, you know, I think are jerks or whatever, I'm really just projecting onto them anyway. So for me to be love in the world, I need to recognize the divine spark that I am, because when I can see that then I, it is so much easier to be sharing that and recognizing it in others. So yeah, the, they'll get to the mirror, girls and boys, get to the mirror. Well, and, and the other thing I would suggest everyone, as Diane, it, it's reminding me, uh, and, and it's an it's a ongoing daily practice if you really pay attention. If you get irritated, angry, pissed off, upset about someone else, chances are it's you. It's you. It's you creating the drama and the trauma and the shame and the blame. Why? I don't know. That's for you to find out, but for you to sit and go, okay, I'm being triggered. What is it within me that is, a, is, is that thing that I don't like over there and sit down and look at it. Then you can, you can, change how you react, but also find more compassion for yourself and for others. Well, I love that because you have to be aware first, right? Right. You have to be aware instead of 24 hours later, when you've been just telling all those stories in your head about, you know, I can't believe they did that for you to be aware. And to me, when there is conflict, there is always an invitation to love. Yes. Conflict is triggering. It is all an invitation to love. But to be very honest, sometimes I don't want to take that invitation, but I do recognize that it's there. Do you do what I do, Diane? I have to stomp around a little bit and grumble or or yell or whatever. And if I let myself just do that, not not out in you know with the person, but oh my god, like my small child has to just act out. And then once I do that, I'm like, all right, now I can do it. I can, I can shift. I can shift. I will say I can get a good mat on. Um, and it's all in my head, right? Cause I'll just be sitting there across from my husband or whoever it is. And my poor husband is usually my greatest teaching, <laughs> teaching person. And I'm just having this, I mean, I am just giving him all over in my head and he's just sitting there watching TV. Hey babe. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it takes me sometimes a little bit. What I'll say is as I've used these principles individually and as a process, I am much less triggered. Now I live this stuff. I pray them every day. I journal on them. So, it, I mean, this is my life's work now. 
So this has helped me tremendously. And I know because of my study, it's helped other people as well. But that first one is key. And that to me shows it's divine because, I mean, they know what to put first. And it, this, is, this is a great one. Well, the second one, uh, the, well, the second piece of that without agenda, yeah. I remember well, yeah. I was working on some issues about my mother before she passed and, um, and in meditation, I could see all these strings attached to me, you know, of, well, whatever. And so I thought I, I want to learn, I want to learn how to love without strings without mm-hmm. strings attached, right? That without an agenda, just to be love, just be it. And um, I'll let you know how I'm doing with that later. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be post-show, but it, it, it is a big thing without an agenda. I did not realize until I started practicing, practicing this, I did not realize the commentary that went in my head. If I'm walking up to somebody from high school, which, you know, let's face it, it was the last century when I was in high school, um, it would be like, oh, my gosh, I don't want them to see me this fat or, ooh, look, they're not blah, blah. I mean, I just had all this stuff. I'm remembering somebody from 40 years ago and putting that on them now. How crazy is that? You don't need those kind of agendas. And the biggest thing about this is it puts you in the present. It puts you in the present and all healing occurs in the present. At least that's, I'm a student of A Course in Miracles. And that's one of the things that we believe is that healing is in the present. I certainly acknowledge the past. I understand that. That's where our stories are. But you're here. You're here. The eternal now, we call it. I bet you've heard that. Oh, yes. And so I would imagine that, uh, Getting to a place, uh, the other print, another principle, the forgiveness one, which I kind of went, hey, I um, did too. <laughs> but that does being practice. If we can be that love and be present with that love, then does it make forgiveness easier? I have found when I've worked with myself and with clients, a lot of times it depends on their background because people have a different idea of that. But this is where using the principles as a process is so magical because you see somebody as best you can with an open heart without an agenda. Then the next principle is see the divine essence in everyone. So by the time you get to the third principle, forgiveness, for me and for the people that I coach, it's so much easier for them to see the essence of the person separate from their ego actions. Mm-hmm. And when I got this part of the principles, um, and all this is on the on the website, but the um, it was my I was with my grandson in a vision, and I was watching us. So I'm the observer, and I'm watching myself with my grandson. It was about 15 months at the time, and he threw a, a block and hit me in the face, in the cheek. He's 15 months old; he doesn't know how to throw. And I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. My immediate thought was, you know, he's just a baby. He doesn't know what he's doing. And that's when it said, forgive, just like that, quickly, completely, and unconditionally. Now, it's one that I still work on. But what I do realize is when I use these as a process, Mm -hmm. there's either less of a reason to forgive or my... um, my perspective around whatever the 
issue or person was has shifted. So it has become easier for me and the people I work with when they're using this. Is it always easy? Well, no, it's, it's not. It's not. But it is easier to forgive the story that keeps the hurt in place. Oh, yeah. That's, that. a, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So one of the things you just said that caught my attention is a, a perception perspective mm-hmm. shift because the um, greeting everyone with love yeah. without an agenda, the way you said it the second time was uh, seeing that person seeing you with love without an agenda. Did I catch that right? It was kind of fleeting. It just went phew. That's actually what ends up happening because this is always going to be a reflection of your inner self. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. There you go. And so then it's easier then, or not easier, but then to see that divine spark, that divine divinity in the person opposite you or, you know, or that you're in interaction with, I didn't mean opposite, opposite, but. But right. Who's, who's facing you in this particular part. Right. Right. And then, um, and then on that last one, remember, you never left the light of the all in that particular one. I actually, I I don't even know what to call it. I've had a near-death experience and I know what that was like. This wasn't like anything like that. If you've had a near-death experience for me, the light was very warm and welcoming and, and comforting. This light was like Mardi Gras. I mean, this was like, woohoo, this was joyful and, and just, yeah, it just was I, whatever is beyond bliss. That's what this was. And that's what I realized we are. That's, we're not this, we're that. Now, what I do if someone has a particular issue, for example, let's say they've got an issue with their mom or whatever, then I'll lead them through the principles. What would it be like? I have them attached to their heart, right? Because that's who's going to lead them through. What would be like to greet your mom with an open heart without an agenda? It doesn't make any difference if they're on this side of the veil or the other. And they go through that. And then I'll say, show, ask to be shown their divine essence. Then we go through the forgiveness piece. When I'm doing a forgiveness practice with a client or myself, then when I imagine myself in the light of the all, I invite the person I've been working with in the light with me, not to condone behavior, not to say what they did was right, but to recognize the energy that is both of us. And that has been tremendously healing. That is brilliant. I love that you do that. That I hope everybody heard that. You invite them in to the light with you. If, if you're ready. And that's actually in part of the gift that, that we're giving away today. So uh, yeah, that's that if you're ready. And you know what? Some people get to that part and get to the forgiveness part and they just like, I'm not ready. So what I ask them to do is to connect to their own heart and just say, show me what it would feel like to be ready to forgive. So I'm, you can't, I mean, what there's, there's, there's no forgiveness police. You can't make somebody do something before they're emotionally ready. They're not ready. They're not ready, but they might be ready to just wonder what it would be like to be yeah. ready. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That's fabulous to wonder what it would be like. I, um, for those of us that want to help 
each other out there. Um, this is a good, this to me is a good key, Diane. What would it be like? What would, it be like? What it would feel like? Um, because I, I can imagine that many of us are going through uh, contentious situations with people we love because of the, the binary brain wanting to figure right. it out. And, and we can't do other people's work. We, we cannot do the work job for them. It's like parents that, that do everything for their child and then the child grows up and, and they're just inept or spoiled rotten or expect everything. And it's because the parents were doing too much. And as spiritual light leaders here on the planet, the people that we come into contact with and you can feel that they're in need of help just to do this, wonder what it would be like if they, yeah. if, if I can see them in as a divine spark, if I can be love in, in while I'm present with them, then yeah. just to kind of, that's one way to lovingly support them. What would it be like if they felt that? You know, that it, it's so brilliant that you bring that up because um, I think you're like me. We love stuff about the brain. When you are, when you ask yourself a question, your brain automatically searches for the response. It actually releases serotonin and it is looking for the response. Now, where I think some people um, kind of could improve their process, and this was me, by the way, I kept thinking the, pro the answer was up here. The right. answer is always in your heart. That's where the best, I mean, just think about it. Any energy that can create these beautiful, just absolutely stunning biological bodies that can create galaxies, they can help you figure out how to get over a mad, even if it is, even if it's a trauma. I've used this with people who uh, work with sex, sex trafficking issues. I mean, the just the worst case scenario. I've worked with this with someone who um, has extreme addiction issues in their family. And they, you know, like you said, you can't, you can't make an addict do anything, but this person was able to shift their perspective and to love them where they were. And in that particular case, it, it, it there were some kind of miracles that occurred. I know there are some schools of thought that say our thoughts hold other things in place. As long as she kept thinking of this family member as an addict, that's, that's what they were. Yes. And that is a very tricky thing to deal with. But this is one thing that families of the of, of the people who have various kinds of addictions have really found this helpful. And that was something that came up in my study, actually. Well, you know, it's interesting. So let's talk about that study. Let's talk about that study. I was going to ask you more questions, but we'll talk about the study first. We're going to keep talking. We're going to keep talking. So again, it was December 2019. I've been working with this for a while. And in my meditation... I got guided to do a case study. I haven't done a case study since I did my MBA back in 1997. I'm not a scientist. I, I don't know how to do a case study. And quite frankly, I already had my agenda, my schedule, my business stuff planned. I did not plan for anything like this. But as we said, when you keep being guided, they don't go away. It's 
What about the study? What about the study? What about the study? So I was actually guided to create a survey instrument that had um, eight um, life areas. And I had a small pool of people that were in my community. They had either seen me speak, a couple of them were clients. Most of them had heard me speak in some way, either in person, because we were in person then, or you know, on the internet. So I got this small group together. I interviewed them pre and post study period. And what I was guided to ask them to do was to use the principles five out of seven days a week for three months. And then every week, they would fill out this survey and send it to me. Now, at the time, I really thought it was a tremendous pain, Susan. I really did. (laughs) I thought, oh, my God, what do you have me doing now? Just to be honest. In retrospect, oh, my goodness, the study started in January 2020. It oh, ran from January, oh, February, my, March. I just got, oh, wow, Diane. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So I'm here in Virginia. In January, nobody knew anything. And I happened to be right outside of Washington, D.C. So it was all about the elections and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, uh, everybody in my um, case study is on the East Coast. They're in the Mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. area. So... Uh, we would hear things at the, at the same time. So we would we started to hear right in February what was going on in Seattle. And then by the time it hit New York, that's literally not far from us at all. So everybody was terrified. What happened, though, I thought was miraculous. And just, just to show you how, how uh, spirit just has to keep kind of prodding me. Um, I had all this data, but then we're in the middle of a pandemic And I didn't even look at it for, I don't know, six or eight months. I didn't look at the data. I had to do a, I I was given the opportunity actually to speak to a group at the UN. And I thought, hey, I got this data. That'd be cool if I figured out. (laughs) (laughs) So remember, they were January, February, March. Then I had exit interviews in April and early May. Now that's when Virginia was in full lockdown. So what I found, I've I've got my results right here. As a group, now individuals had different results, right? Some of them went way up. It was kind of crazy. But as a group, their rating for self-love went up 14%. So now, what would your, what would you, no matter where you are in your life, what would your life look like if you loved yourself 14% more? I mean, that's kind of incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah. Their relationships, That went up 14%. Now, I thought that was pretty interesting because I had people, they were aged 37 to 72. We had people with small kids. We had one retired, maybe two retired people. Um, They were grandmothers and mothers and working people. We did have someone in the healthcare profession. Nobody knew what was going on. And the people with small kids were terrified. What am I going to do? How can I work when I got the kids at home? What are we going to do about school? I mean, it was all over the place. So the fact that relationships went up 14%, this one I thought was crazy too. Happiness scores as a group went up 14%. Wow. Peace, their feelings of peace at the beginning of a pandemic, 17% increase. Wow. Uh, Their life situation, that was 17% as, as well, which was interesting because we couldn't find anything at the grocery store. Nobody knew. And Virginia was going to be, okay, you guys stay home for two weeks. And that didn't happen. That went up. The things that really blew me away 
was their feelings of spiritual connection. And these were already people, if they're in my community, just like yours, right? They're going to be on this path. Their spiritual connection increased by 29%. Wow, that's big. And the feelings of clarity, of knowing who they are and what they're here to do went up as a group 60%. Oh my gosh, Diane. From wow. I, I know I got goosebumps now. That's what that's what the principles do. And the thing that was interesting is I was very guided on how to direct this case study. So I did not give them an awful lot of direction. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what did they come up with. I knew how I used it. I knew how I taught it, but I wanted to understand what other people, how other people did it. And it, it was just absolutely fascinating. Fascinating. Oh my gosh. Be love principles. Be love principles. So Diane, then you said you have a gift for everybody that's listening. Uh, Tell everybody what it is and then uh, we'll put it in our show notes. Great. So we we call it the Be Love Package, right? And there is a workbook so that you can not only read more about these in depth, but you can go through a series of exercises. Awesome. So gives you some more depth. There's also a meditation, a link to a meditation in there. And then um, I was really, I'm I'm delighted that in, um, it was in 2020, actually, I was guided to contact a friend of mine. His name is Sean Galloway. He has twice received the global, um, what was it? It's called the Global award-winning for peace song. So he's won this twice. Wow. He has a beautiful song a lot of people know about um, called I Choose Love. He and I work together on a Be Love song. So it's a different way to, um, to experience the principles. And we will, we will give you a download of that as well. Awesome. I'm so grateful uh, for this. And, uh, and again, everybody, so this will all be in our show notes. But if you want to find out more about Diane, because Diane is also on Awake TV, so you can hear more about what she does and, and, and everything. Go to Diane Hawthorne, H-A-W, right? O-R-T. Diane Hayworth, H-A-W, right? O-R-T-H. I'm sure that'll be in the notes as well. Yes, it will. Dot com. Yeah. So Diane, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a really fun and, and of course, and um, necessary conversation for those of us that are, that may still be uh, curious and floundering a bit. So thank you for being love and serving with love because we all need that right now. Don't we? Well, thank you. And it is a, a practice and, and I need practice like everyone else. So it's uh, it, this is just a joy for me to have an opportunity to speak to you, to speak to your listeners and just give everybody a tool to be the love that you are. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, Susan. Thank you, Diane. So one more thing before we leave you today. I just want to acknowledge my amazing team. I talk about them often. But if you haven't heard the podcast where I've talked about them, I just want you all to know who they are. Because without them, I can't get anything done. Literally can't get anything done. So first I want to acknowledge Justin Womack, who slices and dices all of 
the uh, shows, makes them sound better than when I recorded them. And then just, I don't know, I can just brag about him a lot. He's such a technical genius. I am so blessed to have him in my stable on my team. And the other person I want to acknowledge is Olga Singer, who does all the graphics like ta-da, what's behind me, all the graphics for the website, for the podcast. She also has taken on writing the show notes and she does it way better than me, way better than me. So Olga Singer, she's fabulous. And then I have Jennifer Ellis, who is my um, publicist and she finds amazing people for me to interview. And she also finds amazing people to interview me and as well as promoting my book and helping our social media on Facebook and LinkedIn and all sorts of stuff happen on a regular basis. Jennifer Ellis is a blessing. Next, I want to acknowledge Aaron Singer, who is my videographer, who also has done all my headshots and promotional photos, as well as he is the slice and dicer of my meditations. And he gets them done with beautiful music in the background, great images. And Bianca Bursas. <laughs> Bianca shows me what to do technology-wise when I can't figure it out. This last year, she's helped support with posting on Instagram and more Facebook stuff, as well as keeping my calendar straight and just a whole bunch of other things. She's the person that reaches out to every guest to say, welcome, and here's what we need from you. And then she's the one that also sends the podcast once it, it's aired to the guests so they can use it however they want. So Bianca Bursas. Anyway, I want you all to know my team, you know, empowering chats isn't just me. I I get to be the talking person. I get to be the talent, I guess, but all these other people without their magnificent talents, I would not be able to do empowering chats and have it done. So that's my team. So I'm just going to end with, and so it is namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.